Hello, my name is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. My prayer for you is that this message would be meaningful to you, that it would challenge you, and that it would help you move forward in your faith. To be a part of all that we get to do here at Redefined Church, visit us online at churchredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Hey, welcome back to Redefined Church. My name is Dusty Otis. I'm the lead pastor here. Jumping into November, talking about the foundation of family. We're in our family room, switching it up this week just a little bit. I was talking to Wyatt. Wyatt said, what's the difference in a family room and a living room? And to be honest with you, I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, but I thought about when we bought our couch. And our couch, when we were buying it, if you've ever bought a couch before, it's probably the best line that I've ever heard. Something Wyatt said too was, we're looking at this couch and we had a couch that we liked, looked a little bit sloppy. And then we had this one that looked real, real proper. And he said, here's the deal. He said, do you want to... Do you want to sit on it or do you want to sit in it? And so I would say the difference in a family room and a living room is in a family room, you sit in the couch. In a living room, you sit on the couch, right? And we're not talking about formal and non-formal. We're just talking about if we're going to get here, this is a place where we get cozy. We can light a fire. Axon's toys are 3,000 deep over here to my left. And so that's the difference. And so talking about family, the foundation of family, I thought it fitting to step into our family room. Heather and I are big time on family. We have a thing around here. We say family first. It's not just something we say. It's who we are. There are values and and beliefs and principles and and, and everything that goes in scripture that goes behind that. But our whole hope, our whole goal is to be in a place where our family can thrive. And that's all three phases, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. We teach our kids to live balanced lives, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Do not let your emotions run your life and do not let what you can do dictate who you are, right? And so then the most important thing you're ever going to be is yourself is what they would say. And I think that's true. And so when I look at my foundation, I think that I'm fortunate. I'm one of five. I grew up in the middle. So I'm a middle child. That probably explains a lot to to some of you. And being a middle child, I found a faith example in my grandpa. He was kind of my spiritual advisor or mentor. He's who I look to. We didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up going to church. Uh, so the only person I had to look to for faith was my grandpa. I didn't know I was looking to him for that when I was around him. My grandpa taught me how to pray. He taught me how to be a husband. He taught me how to be a dad. He taught me um, little bitty life lessons, integrity, character, all those things. And, it's, and he, didn't, he never sat down and taught me any of that one time. Yet it's part of my foundation today. He taught me through his example. It's who he was. My grandpa is the reason that I caught the church bus as a 12-year-old all by myself and rode nine miles on a bus not knowing anybody. I knew whatever my grandpa had, I wanted to have that. I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted part of that to be in me, and so I went. It took me years to make a decision to actually follow Jesus because I'm type A, and I, I need reasons, right? I got to know why. And so um, there wasn't really a clear how, and I wasn't a big reader, okay? I wasn't, I wasn't much on book reports growing up. And so in all of that, I came to the place where I understood if I couldn't lead myself, I'm not going to lead somebody else. And if I can't lead my house, I'm not going to lead uh, my neighbor. I'm not going to lead a stranger. I'm not going to lead my community. I'm not going to lead a city if I can't lead my house first. And so the foundation for family starts under your roof. And in our move here, that became more evident to me than anything was because when I moved here, the only human being, the only adult human being that I knew was my wife. And so then it became a very intentional leadership, right? Very intentional in our relationship. And so in leading others, uh, there's another part of that that says, if somebody doesn't want to be led, you're not going to 
force anything on them, right? If even if I had some brand new Nike shoes, I wanted to force them on your feet and they fit you and they were your size. If you don't like Nike shoes, you're not going to allow me to do that. If I don't know you, you're not going to let me touch your feet. And, and I'd be honest with you, I don't want to touch your feet if I don't know you. And so, so then in all of that, it doesn't matter what you say. You're not going to force anything on somebody that doesn't want it. And you're not going to, and God's not going to force himself on somebody who doesn't want him, right? And so that it must be a priority for both of you for you to move forward in it. Heather and I believe that the purest form of the church is the family. You see it in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47, it talks about the meeting house to house and being like family. And it says that because they were. They were like family. It was family and extended family and friends of family and family and, and families. And so they were like family because... They were, depending on what version you read of the Bible, you'll see that in, in depth. And we'll talk through a couple of them here in just a moment. And what I want to say about Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47 is, like many church planners do, many church planners see that and they think, this is, this is the foundation of the church. This is the first family of the church. This is the first community of faith. And they say, that's what we're going to do. And I think for me in moving here, what I realized about the scripture, the scripture came to life for me. And it's not something that we are to do, it's who we are to be. Acts 2.42-47 through is who we are to be as believers, and that's, that's the foundation, that's the base. And so then when you build your family on God's Word, not only is your family part of the community, but you become part of the community of faith because you believe as well. So then your family becomes part of the family because the church is a body of people. We are to be out and about, right? The church is what happens Monday through Sunday, not Sunday for an hour. The church is a movement. This is, this is who God's called us to be, right? It's not a monument that we visit. And so then I know as a husband how to lead my wife. I find it in Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5 tells me to love her and to serve her and to cherish her. And that's another sermon for another day. But it tells us that. And it's the same way that we're called to love God, we are called to be in a relationship with Him, to love Him and to serve Him. And both loving my wife and loving God take relationship. It takes me being engaged and invested in that, right? And so then, through Scripture, me and Heather, being on the same page, being equally yoked, being in agreement, walking in agreement, we understand and believe what Scripture says about raising our kids, understanding and believing that Psalms 127, verse 3 says, Children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring are reward from Him. And so then you know by the news we let out this week that Heather's expecting her fifth, our fourth, our fourth boy. We have a lot of gifts, okay? We have a lot of rewards running around our house, and we are super pumped about that and to raise in the way that God has given us or, or led us to. And so then to put everything together, we talk about building our family and building the foundation for our family. You find it in Proverbs 24, verse 3. In 24 verse 3, it says, Through skillful and godly wisdom, a house, a life, a home, a family is built. And by understanding, it is established on a sound and good foundation. We call that foundation the gospel. The gospel. And if you're going to build anything in life, it has to start on a solid foundation. And so can you imagine if at any point in your life you've ever tried to build a home or built a home or wanted to build a home, Imagine that you've gone through, and, and if you've done this, you know what I'm talking about. You've gone through and you picked all your colors, your cabinets, your doors, your backsplash, your tile, uh, door handles. You've done all that. Light fixtures. You've picked all that out. 
and you're ready to sign the contract and the builder comes to you and he says, hey, I tell you what, I could save you a lot of time and I could save you a lot of money and I could get started tomorrow. I get started tomorrow and, and you could be in a lot earlier. I'm talking months earlier. And again, I'll get started tomorrow if we just skip the foundation. If I told you that as a builder, you would tell me that I'm nuts, that I'm crazy. There's no way you would do that. You would say that's ridiculous. No. Okay. Do I need to go with somebody else? That would be the, that would be the thought behind it. And I just want to ask you, could you imagine approaching a relationship the same way? A relationship with your kids, okay, without a foundation. A relationship with your wife. Could you imagine a relationship starting uh, with anybody without talking through background, education, beliefs, traditions, family history? What do you guys do for Christmas? What do you do for Christmas? That's going to come to a point at some time. It'd be crazy to start a relationship without having that conversation or those conversations or arguments, depending on where you come from, right? And what's funny is when you get married, you marry all of those things too. So to not discuss them would be a travesty. And here's what happens. Most people do. We start without talking about the heavy stuff because it's uncomfortable and have to be a little bit vulnerable and I have to open up to you. And so then we'll just discuss that later. And when they come up, there starts these tensions and there's division. And so we think, you know what we should do? We should throw some kids into this. That'll solve it. That'll really help us. And the reality is, when you throw a kid to somebody who's drowning, it doesn't make it any better, right? Jim Gaffigan says that. And so what happens is when you throw kids in thinking that it's going to help you fix your foundation, it's not. And we have people coming to us as pastors all over the country going, hey, man, this is, this is happening. Couples, moms, dads, it doesn't matter. Can you pray for me? Absolutely can. But we're going to have to fix your foundation. We're going to have to fix the foundation, Okay. And so it seems when we come to our personal life, that's the number one thing that we overlook when we're talking about relationships or being with somebody else. We tend to forget that we need a solid foundation to begin anything. And so then when you have a foundation, that, that foundation brings you stability. It brings dependability. It lasts. If there's no foundation, it's not good. If there's only a thin foundation, if it's super wide, but really thin, you can only walk. I can only move right here so, so many times on this floor before I'll wear this floor out, right? It's the same way with your foundation. If this is all you have and it's this thin, it's, it's only a matter of time. And Jesus taught us this in Matthew chapter seven. This is 24 through 27, and I'm gonna paraphrase. Anything you build must be built on a solid foundation. He says, when you build your house on the rock, it'll withstand everything. Storms, winds, flood, it will stand. But he says, if you build your house on the sand, it'll be weak and it'll crumble. And you'll constantly be in, re in rebuild mode. And, and that's really the difference between living out God's will for your life versus your way. God's will or my way? Which one am I choosing? And more times than not, because we lack the trust in God that we need, that we're supposed to have because of our faith. Faith is what you can't see, right? Faith is having those things and trusting those things that you can't see. Because we lack that, we choose our way instead of God's will. And... What we have in a house or a marriage or a family or a job is either rooted in the gospel or it's not. It's rooted in truth or it's not. And so then we build on the rock because if we do, we can withstand the storms of life. When they come, even though they're not pretty and even though it stinks and it's hard and we have to struggle and it stretches us and it's challenging, we still come out on top because we have a solid foundation to stand on. And if not then you're constantly in rebuild mode, which is an uphill battle, which makes it exhausting, right? 
John 15, if you remember, John 15 says, remain in me and I'll remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, it'll be given to you. And then it goes on to say, because apart from me, you can do nothing. This is super important. If you remember this a couple weeks ago, this is just a great nugget here that, that kind of goes along with having a firm foundation. Philippians 4.13 is most Christians' favorite verses. If you know it, you can say it with me, right? Do you know, if you know what it is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so then in John 15, we see Jesus saying, apart from me, you can do nothing. And in Philippians 4.13, we see that we can do everything through him. And here's why. Through Christ who strengthens me means this. Apart from God, you're building on the sand. With God, you're building on the rock. And so we can do through Christ because we are rooted. He strengthens us. And because he strengthens us, he is our source. And so then both your roots and your source of life start at the foundation. So then knowing that the purest form of the church is family, and when you build your family on God's word, your family becomes part of the family. If we could look around, we can't look around because we're online, but if you could look around, you would see people in a room um, that all believe in the same thing you do. Everybody here today, online, everybody listening on a podcast right now is part of the family of faith that they believe in Jesus. And we see the cornerstone for our foundation, Acts 2, 42 through 44. It says this, they devoted, if you're taking notes, you can highlight or underline devoted. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The apostles' teaching would be discipleship and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer, which is bonus. We'll talk about that in a minute. Everyone was filled with all the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles. And verse 44 says, and all the believers... All believers that if you believe, then you have a relationship with God. You've been redeemed, restored to the Father. And all believers were together and had everything in common. And these four, these four specific things set the foundation for the family of God. They're the building blocks for us as individuals and for us as a family of faith. Community of faith, right? And here's what they are. Relationship, all believers. Discipleship, devoted to the apostles' teaching. Community, they were like family, right? All anchored by devotion to these three things. And the reality is, I believe when we focus on these three with that cornerstone or that anchor being devotion, what happens is you see that you get better as a believer, that your discipleship gets better, that, that we get better as a family of faith. And the reality is, is when you get better, we get better, right? And better is not about strength, right? It's not, it's, 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 no, I'm sorry. It's about more than strength. A lot of people think better means more, right? We just need to get more, 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 gather, 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 right? And it's not about that better. Better is not more. Better is depth. It's spiritual depth, right? It's not about being super wide and this thin. It's about being this wide and, and as deep as we want to be more, if that makes sense. And so then, being better is not about more, it's about strength. It's about your discipleship, it's about your personal relationship with God and getting better. So then, you have a deeper walk with God, not a wider walk with God. And it's the same in my house. When I get better, this is the light turns on for me, right? When I get better, we get better. Heather's cooking right now. When I get better, we get better. And when Heather and I get better, our house gets better. And when our house gets better, our community gets better. But it starts under our roof. Mark 16, 15 tells us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. How can we ever go if our house is out of order? 
if our family is out of order. Knowing that we do this as an example of Jesus, when we, are, when we go into all the world, we're being an example of Jesus, which means we have integrity and Christ-like character. If we're going to show others how to be like Jesus, then our foundation has to be solid. It has to be solid, and we have to be confident in what we're walking on, both as individuals and as a family, as a community of faith, because apart we're solid, right? Together we're unshakable. Together we're unshakable. And so then, for us to be better as a church family, wherever we go and whoever we're with, each of us must get better individually. When you get better, we get better. When I get better, we get better. And so then, if we look at the book of Acts, the first church, the first family of God, what do we see? I'm going to show you the CEV this time, the contemporary English version. And I'm going to go all the way through verse 47 this time. This is verse 42. They spent time learning. They were devoted from the apostles' teaching, they were disciples, okay? And they were like family. They were a community of faith. They also broke bread and prayed together. This is what we should do as a, as a church body, as a family of faith. Everyone was amazed at the miracles and the wonders the apostles worked. All the Lord's believers, often, all the Lord's followers often met together. All those who were in relationship with God and who were like-minded met together regularly, and they shared everything that they had. They would sell their property and possessions and give money to whoever needed it. Day after day, they met together. They were consistent. They were consistent. They broke bread together in different homes and shared their food happily and freely. Hospitality was present. All while praising God, loved to worship. Everyone liked them. Everyone liked them. And each day the Lord added growth to their group. Wow. Depth, depth, and others who were being saved. The biggest thing that sticks out to me here is the first church met every day. Met every day. They were devoted. They were consistent. Now most churchgoers today, you look back then and today, now most churchgoers go once a month. The average family, the average person attends church once a month. And online that number is a little bit better, but you can, also, you can always just move that thumb whenever you want to, right? And so you might be here more regular, but you're here less or half, half the time. Now, most churchgoers attend once a month and... Knowing that, folks are leaving early online, and that's okay, and they, and they leave early because they get uncomfortable, they don't want to see, receive correction, they are easy to get offended, they ah, I, don't need, I, I already know this, they have a head knowledge, right? And we've got to get it to our hearts. The first church met for a few hours every day, okay? And now we meet for less than an hour every week. Something has changed drastically. Yes, the times, yes, culture. And what you need to know is there are 168 hours in a week. The first church met every day for a few hours a day. Who knows how long that went? It was probably inconsistent because nobody was in a hurry to get away from people that they liked, right? And so then we went from meeting every day to that time when I caught the church bus, we were meeting three times a week, right? We had those awesome Wednesday nights, we had Sunday morning, and we had Sunday night. And at three times a week, we were meeting for five to seven hours per week, Okay, and then something happened in the church. And we like, you know what? We're already here Sunday morning. We should cut Sunday night. And so we go to two times per week. And that goes between two and four hours, depending on how long your Sunday school lasted or whatever, whatever you were doing. Right. And Sundays and Wednesdays become a divide. Sundays were more outreach specific. And Wednesdays, man, you had your core people there. Pastor was going to preach a different message. It was going to go deeper. And we were going to get our notebooks out. We were going to be devoted. We were going to learn together. 
right? And you have people who are coming to that Wednesday night who are hungry for growth. Now, fast forward to today. We got one service a week. It's Sunday only. Now, there was a season where there, there's some churches are still doing first Wednesdays, right? Sunday only. And we're trying to get that Sunday under an hour because we got stuff to do and places to be, right? And if you're online, online, you can't keep anybody for over seven minutes. And so then it's not wrong. What I want to say in all of that, none of this is wrong, right? It's just different. And what it means is we have to be better as individuals, as believers. We must be better so we can be better as a body when we're out, when we're out. This is why smaller gatherings during the week are so important. This is why consistent daily time with God is so important. It's that being devoted to being a disciple. By the way, God's not a process. A relationship with God isn't a process. He's, he's not legalistic, okay? He wants relationship. He doesn't want works, right? It's not, it's not about your effort. It's about your heart. He's looking at your heart. So that takes time, okay? Which is a sacrifice. I had somebody tell me the other day that they felt best when they spent time once a month with God. I just, man, I feel the best when I only spend, when I just, once a month, if I just get quiet with God for, you know, a few minutes, maybe an hour, I feel the best that way. And I just want to ask you this. If you only met with God, time out. If you only met with somebody once a month, how good would that relationship really be? Right? If you only met with your kids once a month, if you only met with your spouse once a month, if you only met with your friend, your, your friend wouldn't even be your friend if you met with him once a month. Those people that you only meet with once a month are barely acquaintances, right? Barely. And I'm going to be honest with you. I can say that because there was a time in my life where that's what it was for me. I don't have any time. I'll do it when I have time. Well, it's just like saying when I have the money. We'll do that when we have the money. When does that happen? It happens about as often as when you have the time, right? You make time for the things that are important with you. If your marriage is important, you'll make time for it. If your family is important, you make time for it. That's it. If it's not, then you don't. And you trade that time for work. And every yes to something that you do is a no to somebody that's in your life. Come on. So then, now that we know how attendance has dwindled, and we understand that, that people have become more irregularly or irregular or, or they attend less as often. We as a church family, the body, no matter where we are, this is online, right? No matter where we are, must all do our part as disciples during the week. In our house, in our job, at the store, in our circles of influence, it's, it's on us. Because when we take it from the church to the streets, when we take it from the, from the couch to the streets, that's when people see it in us. That's when people see Jesus. Church, by the way, I was talking to Heather the other day. Church is not something that we watch online. It's who we are during the week. This is huge. Otherwise, what you get right here in the easy chair with your thumb stays with you. And most of the time it stays in your head. And if you're not taking notes, writing it down, being intentional, you forget most of it. And we're at the place in time where we can't keep sitting around wondering if and when somebody else is going to do something. I would sure wish somebody would do something about that, right? We have to understand that we're God's plan. It's you and me. We're the plan. That's it. There's nobody else. He called you to be devoted, 
He called you to be in a relationship. He called you to be a disciple. He called you to be a community of faith. And being a community of faith is not gathering at the local park for uh, hot dogs, okay? So then we don't watch church. We are the church. We watch the message. And man, it's good, right? Man, it's good. And we watch the message to be the message. We watch the message to be the message. Together, we are the church, a community of believers. Separate, apart, we are the church, disciples in our community. Together, we are the church, a community of believers. Believing discipleship is an action. It's an action. It's not sedentary. It is movement. We're a movement, not a monument. When we live like this, when we approach our relationship with God like this, Sundays become about celebrating what God did through each of us throughout the week because we used our influence to help others see Jesus. This is what it's like to have a kingdom mindset. It's using what God put inside of us. It's using who God is to us to show people, hey, your life can be better. We don't have to say that. My grandpa never said one time, your life would be better if you just listen to me. We just show people who Jesus is. You're the church wherever you go. So it's not about tasks completed or hours served. It's about being an example of Jesus wherever you go. It's 1 Timothy 4.12. Be an example in word, deed, purity, faith, charity, and all things. We say it like this. Be an example even if you have to use words. Even if you have to use words. Don't start telling people. Just show them. Leadership 101. Show me, don't tell me. Knowing where we are as a people, I have a couple questions for you. I wrote this while preparing. How effective, number one, how effective would we be at home if we only focused on being a family one hour per week? We have to take initiative, period. Number two, in life, what personal battles would we win if we only prepared for that battle 60 minutes a week? My pastor taught me you never rise to the occasion. You fall to the level of your preparation. How do you become prepared for the battles of life? You build your house on the rock. You have a consistent daily chair time with God. Because you want to. Because it's important to you. Because of who He is to you. Not what He, he doesn't want you to do anything. It's called grace. You have it. You walk in that grace. And so then it's not works. It's not hours. It's not tasks. It's relationship. It's heart. It's heart. How effective can we be as a body if we only focus on being the church 60 minutes per week? How do we pick those moments? How do you pick that moment? You don't. And we can't. When it comes to our foundation, here's what we know. Right now, 2 Chronicles 16:9 is true. The eyes of the Lord search throughout the entire earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. We know this, Jeremiah 29, 13 tells us when we seek God with all of our heart, we will find Him. That's devotion. When we seek God with all of our heart. It says this, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. All of your heart. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to walk with God. If there's no trust. You ain't walking. Without faith, it's impossible to walk with God, to please Him, for whoever comes near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that He rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek Him. Come on. Believers equal relationship. Earnestly and diligently, that's daily. When we seek 
daily, he develops us. When we develop, we grow stronger. There's depth to our relationship and we learn. We learn like the CEV says, we become who God intended us to be and we gain Christ-like character. We become more like Jesus. We become more like Jesus. So then as we mature in our faith, we continue to seek. And because we seek him daily, we get to experience all that he has for us. It's amazing. We see it in Ephesians 3, 17 and 19. So that, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through your faith. And may you, having been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love, having a solid foundation is what that says. Deeply rooted and securely grounded. You cannot be deeply rooted or securely grounded in the sand. There must be a solid foundation there. Verse 18, being fully capable of comprehending with all the saints, all the believers, the family of God, the width and length and height and depth of his love, fully experiencing that amazing endless love, and that you may come to know practically through your personal experience the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled up throughout your being, heart, everything you are, your whole self, to all the fullness of God. What are you saying? That you become fully devoted followers, that you would become a fully devoted follower, that you would become a fully devoted disciple, that you would become a fully devoted member of a community of faith, so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives, completely filled and flooded with God Himself. When we go throughout our week like this, people can't help but see Jesus in us. Please, this week, keep Ephesians 3, 17 through 19 in front of you. If you don't have a daily chair time, just read that every day. Start there. And that's when you start bringing others along because of your example, right? The foundation of family, the foundation of the church was built with consistency. It's a daily commitment. You see in Acts 2.46, every day they met with glad and sincere hearts. Anything that has ever been completed was completed with consistency. Okay? Period. Consistency completes everything. And we see that consistency brings fruit. Acts 2.47, and each day the Lord added to them. Why? They were consistent. So they became greater disciples. They became a stronger family. They became closer friends. It comes full circle. As iron sharpens iron, as you get better, we get better. So then to firm up our foundation, I have five things for you. We're going to close with this. We each must firm up our foundation as disciples. Okay, If we're ever going to firm up our foundation as a body, we must firm up our foundation as as disciples. We're talking about the foundation of family. It starts with the individual first in our house, in our relationships, then we go, right? Remember, when you get better, we get better. Our foundation starts with devotion. It's the, it's the anchor. It's the anchor. It takes five things. Number one, be relational. Be relational. It's Acts 2.44. All the Lord's followers met regularly and shared everything they had. Be relational. Sharing everything you have takes a little bit of heart. It takes, some, takes you being open. takes being vulnerable. Relational is, is twofold, okay? It's a vertical relationship. It's who we're called to be in Matthew 22, 37 through 39. Love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Vertical. Have a heart for God that motivates you to live His will for your life. That's your heart. Horizontal. Use what God has given you. Use what God has given you and who God has made you to love and serve others. It's in there for a reason. Number two, be a disciple. This is you. This is personal. This is the one. I'm a one. You're a one. Together, we make a humongous community of faith. It's Acts 2.42. 
Devote yourself to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. Never stop. How do I do this? Never stop learning. Be transformed. Let God's word transform your heart. Period. Number three, be consistent. It's Acts 2.46. Every day, they continue to meet together. Every day, they continue to meet together. You can do this. It starts with you. It starts in your family. We call it Bible and breakfast as a family. I call it my chair time as an individual. Remember, the purest form of the church is the family. Our foundation as a body begins at your home, and it begins in your life. How? Consistently live out your faith in every area of your life. We call it consistent obedience. Obedience. Obedience leads to prosperity is what the Bible says. Number four, being a community. Now, this is us. This is you and me together. This is us going out, okay? The CEV, this is Acts 2, 42b through 44. They were like family to each other. They broke bread and prayed together. All the Lord's followers met together regularly. They were consistent and they shared everything. How do I do this? How do I be a community? Be honest. Have deeper, transparent relationships and have a genuine commitment to the body of Christ. Be the church. Be the church. It's not a process. It's not a place. It's us. It's living as examples. We're the plan. We're God's plan to go and show who Jesus is. Number five, last thing, be devoted in everything. Be devoted in everything. Your relationship with God, with others, and your discipleship, be consistent to, to two things. Community. Community. The community of faith and your community. Right? We're going to walk it out. The first church. This is paraphrased. Acts 2, 42 and 47. Here's what they devoted themselves to. Here's what we're called to devote ourselves to. It's why it's our anchor. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to communion, to remembering Jesus, to prayer, must be important every day, to worship. Lainey has a goal this year. She wants to worship every day. That's how she's going to become a greater daughter of a king. She's going to worship every day, okay? They did this individually, and they did it as a community. So then building a solid foundation takes time. It takes heart. It takes time. It takes heart. It takes devotion. It takes a lifestyle that keeps Jesus at the center. Jesus must be at the center. My spiritual foundation started in Fort Collins, Colorado. My relational foundation, our marriage, started in Fort Collins, Colorado. For Heather and I, this is where I dreamed of pastoring a church. This is where Heather and I have dreamed of living. This is where we've dreamed of raising our family. God has opened a door for us there, and we're walking through it. And I want to tell you that after four years of a limited budget, and since the pandemic, 14 knows on trying to meet in a physical location again, we are going to be merging Redefined Church with the Grove Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. That's going to happen on January the 2nd. I will become the lead pastor there. Now, nothing will change for you here except the IP address. I'll make sure to share all of that with you. The mission and the vision are the same. The values are the same. The challenge is the same. The challenge is the same. You have 60,000 people who don't know Jesus there. Okay? And, our, and the way we're going to get this to you will be the same. We will be online. So then your follow means everything. Your engagement means everything. Your support means everything. It means just as much today as it did yesterday as it will a year from now because you are part of the body. You're part of the family. You're part of our family. And we want you with us. And so then, thank you. Thank you for letting me be your pastor. Thanks for staying with us. 
Thanks for growing with us as we go. Today, your action step is very simple. Choose to build your life on the truth, on a solid foundation, and do not stop there. Live it out. Let people see it in your life. Here's how you're going to do that. Firm up your foundation by consistently being devoted in your relationships, as a disciple, and in your community. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity, Lord, to share your heart for the foundation of family and how we see it in Acts chapter 2. Thanks for the love that you have for us. Thank you for allowing people, helping people to take this message and store it in their heart, Father, so they can become greater disciples, deeper disciples, better, better. Lord, we are better together. Allow us to be that, Lord, a better community of faith and better in our community for others so that others can see you and us. Lord, help us to stop sitting and waiting for somebody to do something and allow us, Lord, just to get off our couch and to be it in our community, wherever that's at. For the people from Florida to Seattle and everywhere in between, Lord, thank you. We receive the challenge of getting up and being the church today. And we thank you, Lord, for using us, even though we're not sure how. Thank you for using us and allowing us to be part of your plan to see people come home to Jesus. Your word says, your word says, everybody will say the name of Jesus. Everybody will bow and say the name of Jesus. Help us to be examples of that, Lord. It's not about power and authority, Lord. It's about being an example. Help us to be that to the people in our circles, to the people in our community, Lord, wherever we go, whoever we're with, Lord. I love you for it, and I thank you, Lord, for using me, for allowing me to be a part of it. You're an amazing God. Thank you for blessing my family, our family. Thank you for blessing the hands of those who are a part of us, who give, Lord, who support, who text, who call, who encourage, who email. Thank you, Lord, for loving those who love you and for showing yourself faithful to them today. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for being with us, for believing with us, and uh, for being a part of what God's called us to do. You mean more than you know. Have a good week. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that God gave you revelation, that you were enlightened, and that you can see more of what God has for you. Make sure you take this message one step further by following through with our action steps so you can grow deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about who we are or what's happening here at Redefined Church, you can visit us online at churchredefined.com. You can follow us on social media at Redefined Church, or you can subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Vimeo, or Apple. Thanks for allowing me to be part of your life. I'll talk to you soon.